0: Hey everybody! Welcome to the show tonight. How you, how's everyone doing? I hope you said fine. Uh, I've got a great show for you tonight. It's a it's kind of a different show. Um, my name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. Or so I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Pernamal Investigation Team, based out of Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong up and down the state, which means excuse me, allergies, which means we can get to you. It may take us a while, but we can get to you. Anyhow, my guest tonight is our, one of the team's mediums in California Hots? And uh, I'm jumping ahead of myself, aren't I? It's one of those days I just want to plow through right away. Okay, if we can't get to you in time, let's go back, let's go back to going out to help you guys out. If we can't get to you right away, because it's a big state, we have mediums on staff, such as the person, the lady we're going to talk to today, who can call you and to, and kind of do a remote read to see what's going on in your in your in your world and see if maybe she can settle it down before we get out there or maybe she can do something on her own right when we get out there before we go out there. All right, okay. So uh, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us everywhere on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on TikTok. You can find us at Twitch, which is where we're airing from. You can find us on YouTube. We're all over Facebook again. Okay. On that note, if you're watching from Facebook and you like what you see tonight, please be sure to hit that like button. Show us some love and uh, because that puts us higher in the algorithm. Also, the same thing for YouTube. If you're watching from YouTube and you like what you hear and see tonight, please be sure to hit that, you know, show me some love with some hearts and thumbs up and likes and all that good stuff because it does put us higher in, in the algorithm over there. Okay, hang on. I got some feedback going on. So this is weird. The whole thing, anything that can go wrong today is. Why am I getting feedback? Okay. I don't understand. Whoa, it's the mic. Okay, there we go. Wow, that was weird. Probably too close. To when the mic kind of settled itself down, and went too close to my headphones. Weird things going on today. Like, I went to get Adobe Photoshop, and it's not there. It won't open up for me. Weird, 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 weird. So I'm trying to get it. I, I, I tried to install it, trying to reinstall. The thing is weird. I should have it. Anyway, just weird crap's been happening. Okay, anyway, going back to the pages. Um, also on Facebook, if you like what you see in here tonight and you haven't done so already, please feel free to hit that follow button because we're always looking for followers here at California Haunts Radio. You know, the more the merrier. Just like uh, YouTube, if you haven't subscribed, we got more than 580 videos sitting over there, all different topics. And I think you'll be fascinated by at least one topic on there. In fact, on that subject, I'm making some changes on my YouTube on, on the YouTube page. Let me get the mic here. And uh what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to leave the shows up for like a month, you know, the, the newer shows, and then I'm going to categorize all the shows. So instead of you having to go through and look through a bazillion shows for whatever topic interests you, I'm going to have it categorized by topic. So you guys will be able to check those out, right? Okay, so that's the new latest thing. It's going to take me a while to do it, but I'll get it done. All right, my guest tonight. We're going to just jump to that. Right now, what I'm going to talk about me is something that's near and dear to my heart, okay? and let me turn this a certain way here okay and the reason why is because you guys i've told you about my congestive heart failure that i that i suffer from but i also have horrible back issues and that was something that just happened as far as my spine went but this is moving guys hang on i got something moving here on my desk here this is not a good day what the heck is going on today okay this is like a murphy's law day hello Okay, anyway, um, <laughs> my spotlight almost took, took a dive today. Anyway, um, it's near and dear to my heart because I have spinal stenosis. It, that showed up uh, in my 20s, 25 years old, where I couldn't bend over well or anything like that. But I was, I had a really good hand on that. And so I want to talk about that because I have a uh, chronic pain person. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is people with chronic pain. And the problems that, that are happening, I'm not a doctor. I don't claim to be a doctor. I can only talk from experience. Karen uh, Clark, my guest tonight, is an LVN. So she's going to be talking. She's been doing a lot of research on this. So I have my beliefs. and I don't know what well, she's going to come up with research-wise, but it's there, right? So we'll be talking about this. and We'll be talking about what's going on right now with the CDC and the treatment of chronic patients, chronic pain patients. Because there's stuff going on that the public doesn't realize. You know, you, you, only, you as the public only see one facet of this stuff that, oh, yeah, we're trying to stop people from overdosing on opioids and and, and this, that, and the other thing, but there's a whole other thing going on with it that people, like I said, people don't realize, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight, because with Karen, something happened to Karen a couple weeks ago that has almost happened to me a couple of times, and so I want you guys to hear about it, and she wants to tell her story, okay? So let me get her on the phone. It's going to be a phone interview, and... Uh, Away we go. So let me do this. I'm going to dial Karen up. Let me get in there and do it. I had all kinds of stuff. I don't know what's going on with my Photoshop either. No reason for it. Okay, let me make the phone call and get Karen online. We're dialing for dollars. Hello, how's it going? Ron here. Okay. Let me get you hooked up here so people can. Well, the folks out in Radio Land can hear you. Hang on. Okay. Can you hear it? Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, on the the phone with me is uh, Medium Karen Clark, who happens to be an LVN. And uh, she recently had an issue happen to her. Okay, let's go back to the beginning of when I started the show. I'm a chronic pain patient. And I'll finish off the story I was telling you guys. Um, I was diagnosed. I got, I got, I was running my ten speed and got hit from behind by somebody, and at that point I flipped over the handlebars. But I was okay. I was young. I was in my twenties. I, I was like rubber, rubber bouncing off the street, right? And um, everything started after that, where I got to the point where I couldn't um, stand for long periods of time, and I couldn't, I couldn't bend over or anything like that. And I would start losing circulation in my feet and whatnot. And um, as it progressed, it just, it just, you know, but back then I didn't care. I was in my 20s and I was, about, you, know, you know, how you are in your 20s, you're, you're leathery, you don't care and everything goes. So it didn't bother me. So I was going to physical therapy, I was doing all this stuff and I wasn't even taking anything for the pain. I mean, that's how little it hurt at that time. Then there was a car accident a few years later. And I was really mad about it because we were in our van out up, up at our house up north. And I, um, not I, but the, the brakes went out in the van. And the van went 50 yards pretty much over Farmer's Field. And it was bouncing everywhere. I mean, boom, 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 almost flipped over. That kind of thing. I had to force myself out. CHP came. At least we didn't flip over. CHP came. I, I, I drug myself out of the van. The problem was I was doubled over. I couldn't stand up straight. Stream pain, couldn't stand up straight. So I walked over to the cruiser. I was leaning. I remember leaning over the trunk part of the cruiser. And I thought to myself, if I don't make myself stand up, I'm never going to stand up straight again. So I forced myself up. Not knowing that I had two vertebrae on top, one on top of the other that got lodged. Okay. So at that point, I was taking ibuprofen because my father had had two hip replacements. So he was taking a real strong ibuprofen for that. And it was like 800 milligram ibuprofen. So I was taking that for the pain. And I mean, it hurts really bad. I didn't go get x-rays at the time. I don't know why, because I felt I was young. I didn't think there was really anything wrong with my back. I just thought it was just from the bouncing motion of, of you know, of the van go- going cross country on me. So that's how it started. And um, it got my back progressively worse. Then, then they found a uh, a bad disc in my back on top of it all. Pinched nerve started oh my god it was so painful and that's because those two vertebrae are sitting on top of each other to this day and they rub and that's the other thing i do I, I do walk but it's like with my spine the way it is it's like the tin man in the wizard of oz where after i walk for a while there's no spi- there's no spinal fluid down there so there's nothing to lubricate the back so i have to i have to either bend over to reopen the you know the the spinal canal back there or i have to sit down Okay, there's no if, answer, but about it. My feet go numb one at a time because of that pinching sensation. And later on, I found out doing x-rays, finally got an x-ray, and found out that that my two vertebrae at the base, in addition to my spinal stenosis and the the bone spurs I have back there and all that, are on top of each other. And it's like rubbing two, two pieces of wood together constantly when I'm walking. Okay, so it gradually built up to where I was taking tramadol. And I'm going to admit to this stuff and tramadol wasn't doing it it was working okay it wasn't doing it uh i went on vacation and my father and 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 the, you know, even back then it was hard to get this stuff and my father um uh, sorry i couldn't get a hold of the pharmacy to get my tramadol the doctor wasn't in it was really hard to get the prescription so i borrowed a couple of my father's uh hydro, hydrocodones, Hydrocodones. uh three you know, I'm not going to say the dosage, but I, and I thought, man, this stuff, I feel great. I can move around. I can bend over. I can, I can function. So that's what started my, 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 my run, the Travidol and and the Hydrocodone, which I still take to this day. Okay. It's been almost 15 years. I've been on the same dose of Hydrocodone for 15 years. I haven't varied my dose ever. I never asked for more. Okay. And that's the key. When you go in to see a pain management doctor, the first question they ask you is, how is your pain level on a scale of one to 10? Mine's always around a five or six. It makes my life livable. If I didn't have that, I couldn't mow my lawn. I couldn't mop my floors. I couldn't vacuum my floors because it, you know, all that bending is right at that angle where my two vertebrae are, my two class vertebrae are. Okay. So this brings me up to what's happening in today's world. Um, I understand there's opioids and stuff coming across the border. I get all that. I, I, I understand that completely. I'm like i said in the beginning of the show i'm not a doctor karen's not a doctor but karen and i have experiences we're sharing with you guys tonight and then we're going to talk about the statistics and um so they so they started cracking down on opioids which is fine and dandy i get it you know there's people bringing like i said bringing illegal drugs across the border you know they're, they're getting in the wrong hands people are overdosing and all this is going on but the unfortunate thing that happened with all this was instead of saying okay let's look at the problem they turned around because they wanted quick results to, to, to show the public that, that it was being taken care of. So they turned around, and instead of saying, let's look at the problem, who it's affecting, and what's going on, they put a big blanket over everything and said, okay, all you people that are taking opioids shouldn't be taking them because they're bad. All right? So you've got cancer patients, you've got people like me who need it for what they call quality of life, and people like me aren't getting the, the, the necessary pain medication that we need because they they, they they put this big blanket over everything. And in so doing that, Karen's flipping her notes. <laughs> and in so doing that, they've they, they they've scared the doctors because what they will do is if 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 it seems like a doctor is over-prescribing or anything like that, they go in and, and then there's a lot of cases back east. I don't know about California, I haven't heard a lot of it i follow a lot of forums on facebook and um they've arrested these doctors and so doctors are afraid to prescribe this stuff to people whether whether you desperately need it or not they're afraid to prescribe it and that's what makes the whole situation so bad because it's turned into this monster a horrible monster and karen has a story to tell she called me a couple of weeks ago with what was going on with her doctor and i knew right away what it was when she described what was going on with her prescription i knew there was going to be a crackdown for karen and um karen can tell you karen can tell you hers was a botched surgery was a surgery that kind of went wrong and so she suffers from a lot of pain and she is no longer on pain medication the doctors refuse to give it to her and so she's one of those people in that percentile that's getting left behind if you go to the emergency and you ask for pain pills or anything like that. Right away, they, they will not give you the pain pills to help you. And there's a lot of stories out there. And I like I said, I'm not here to spread rumors. It's not my gig. But it's what I read, okay? Uh, there's a Don't Punish Pain form on Facebook that's run by Cla- Claudia Morandi. That's where I'm getting my info. She's an activist in Rhode Island. She goes and she fights for for for. Pay, you know pain doctors and and people like me and karen she goes out and she's, she's doing an active fight trying to change the law because it's not it's not fair to people that are in chronic pain at all there's, there's no fairness to it and i know the doctor's hands are tied but it's frustrating it's very frustrating okay anyway karen how are we doing today how, how are you doing i'm <laughs> done. So tell us yeah. about tell us about what happened to you because I know I kinda I kinda laughed in a way well I didn't laugh, but I remember the day you called me and told me what was going on with your prescriptions. I know. And I said I, I said, oh, oh, here we go. So let's hear uh-huh. your story. And I didn't believe you. <laughs> yeah. 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 So let's hear your story. Oh my gosh, what a journey it's been oh quickly recap very
1: fast. Um twelve years ago. Um uh, before that on no medication at all just nothing um and i had a pretty busy career working at a hospital and nurse case management coordination um so i was really really busy in my life doing investigations with your group you know helping take care of michael's mom Just coming from you're just stressed out which is true that that was partly true I was going through some PTSD but I saw uh, Dr. Rosenberg he's awesome psych- psychologist awesome awesome he saved my life and he told me he gave me all these psychological tests he said no you have real real pain issues of course, we can work on what we can do mentally, but you need to improve your quality of life and you take the medication the way it's prescribed by your, uh, you know, pain physician. And then you're followed up with me and I'm followed up with with, with a psychiatrist um, because that's what they do when you're on scheduled one and two meds, which I don't have a problem with at all. I'd rather be followed up by... I'm, I was lucky enough to have insurance to pay for it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I was blessed. So for years I took that. And then um, I, I, I became immune to pain and I, I did get more, um, I developed strategies how to cope with pain differently, uh-huh. but I still needed it. But I personally, with the help of my physicians, Went down gradually off of it. Um, and I was on a very low dose. But what happened two weeks ago was unconscionable. Yep. What happened is that I, I've, for, for years, I had no problem getting my medication because I never abused it. Mm-hmm. And it was always accessible and like I would go to the pharmacy and it would always be there like clockwork. Well, then one week out of the blue it wasn't there and I called the doctor's office and they were hemming and calling, and I couldn't get a straight answer which was really strange because I had a good relationship with all my doctors. Turns out we probably had 20 phone calls going back and forth. Michael was in tears. I was pulling my hair out. What the heck is going on? How come I can't get my medication? Nobody was being honest with me. It turns out was going through withdrawals unnecessarily because i was not tapered off my medication correctly yeah. mm-hmm. now where does the thought lie in that i can't really totally blame the doctor's offices because the dea cracked down so hard on them that the transition was so piss poor that it left us chronic you know pain people mm-hmm. with, with real severe chronic pain quality of life people with cancer and conditions that we couldn't get our medications because the DEA just said, Nope, can't hand them out mm-hmm. and basically, um my I, I, so I so to back up, I went through heavy, heavy withdrawals. It was horrible. I went to the emergency room and they were very, very kind to me. They didn't because I've been to the emergency rooms in the past, you know, like if I was traveling, where they just treat you like dirt, they treat you like scum of the earth, mm-hmm. because you take prescription pain medication and you take it correctly, but you're still a scum bucket because you're a doper. Mm-hmm. But you know, let's let's not talk about the people that are selling fentanyl on the street, right? Making a killing. That's another story. But they're taking it out on the wrong people, clearly the Mm -hmm. DEA did not handle it correctly there was no smooth transition and consequently a lot of people went through the hell I went through unnecessarily and personally I think it was um, a lack of standard of care it was a total lack of standard of care but yet I'm not going after my doctor because I'm uh, cognitive enough to know that it's not the doctor's fault. The doctor did everything. His hands are tied. In fact, when I went in to discuss my situation with him, he said that, you know, he had to take, uh, two people off of hospice care. Now they're starting to take people with cancer stage four cancer off schedule one medication dying. Yeah, that's that's what he told me, and and then I started reading a lot of studies, and you know, Charlotte, I was going to spill a bunch of statistics over on the show, and you know, I thought, that's not what the show's about. This show's coming from the heart. Right. No pun intended, the gut. This show's coming from what we've gone through, what we've seen friends going through, what I've seen people go through in the medical community and it's just not right now i'm i'm not i'm 100 for accountability
0: taking medications 100 mm-hmm. percent for accountability and as a, a licensed nurse i
1: always always followed the the guidelines that mm-hmm. i was to follow and as a patient i always as a patient i always followed the guidelines and my prescription and uh you know, took it exactly as I was supposed to take it with many follow-ups with the doctor and the psychiatrist, psychologist to make sure that I was taking it right. Uh So anyways, that was just a nightmare of experience two weeks ago and you warned me and you told me and I'm like, well, that won't happen to me because I have great doctors that understand what I'm going through, but no, you were right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have seen, you know, as part of
1: my God, it was just, it was horrid. And then I'll quickly finish. I, I, after I went in, my doctor said, you know, you're at the tail end of your withdrawals. And if I put you back on the opiate, you're just going to boomerang and it's not going to help your type of stomach or gut pain anymore. And this doctor I really trust. I really, really trust him. So I thought I've been wanting to get off of them for a long time. So I thought, well, you know what? I'll just take this opportunity and just get off of them and see what happens. And it's been rough. It's been hard. and just because I'm making it off my opiates and I probably won't go back on them. Does not mean that I don't have strong feelings for anybody else that are going through issues or in with with getting their prescriptions filled in a timely manner so they don't have to go through with unnecessary withdrawals the way I did. There's no right now. There's there, basically the DEA is. Uh, oh, what's the word? They're, they're taking it out on the wrong people. Yes. They're taking it out on the doctors. I'm good friends with a surgeon and um, other nurses, and they're telling me that their hands are tied. Even if people come in with broken bones, they cannot give them Schedule One medication. Yep. Okay, now the second piece to this, I'm sorry, I'm jumping
0: around. That's fine, so go ahead. Just
1: You no. know me, Charlotte. No problem. Go Man, ahead. Man, if I go off on the tangent, because I know I do that, so, anyways, the other part about this is that I saw my sister go through mental illness. She was bipolar, and it went into schizoaffective disease. And um, she was taking medications, or she did not take them because she had a stigma. Right. Was 12 years ago she, she had a lived in San Francisco and had a high, queer um, job and had an image and didn't you know but she was ashamed of her she was ashamed of her illness and that's what killed her so the fact that now that these psychiatrists that go to school for 10 20 years to treat patients with these awful um, mental disorders Anxiety and depression are not considered mental illness Mm -hmm. unless they progress into like bipolar, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But she truly had mental illness. And um, because of it, she didn't take her medications and it killed her. Her brain lied to her and it killed her. Well, now these um, psychiatric physicians, clinicians... Their hands are tight. They're actually having a hard time prescribing Schedule II drugs,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is to take care of like um, you know bipolar, severe depression, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I just find that uncomfortable because now not only do we have patients that are having a hard time dealing with their mental illness. They can't even get their medications because the DEA is cracked down so hard and is putting on other layers of more stigma. Mm-hmm. More, You know what I'm saying? They're putting yeah. on more and more layers for the patient to feel like they're, they're being victimized. And they're, 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 there's more stigma put on them than society already puts on them to begin with.
0: I've read well. Themselves. I've read online on the you know on those on those uh, chronic pain forms, the like the one I mentioned in the beginning of the show, that in some cases the doctors are giving the patient a choice where you either get your your your, your medicine for your anxiety, right, you know, for, for your mental health, or you get your pain medicine. You can't have both. You have to choose one or the other. That, that's true. Yeah,
1: that's exactly true. And in some cases, that's really. The way I look at it, when when you're dealing with a true specialist, and I'm not knocking down GPs. There, there's very good GPs out there, but I'm talking about when you're when you're dealing with a specialist, a surgeon, somebody who is experienced, clinically trained, and you're, you're the government is interfering with with their knowledge of the patient that they've been treating for years, and now that their hands are tied because they could go to jail. Mm-hmm. That's
0: That's just not right. And what I don't understand, and what I don't understand the CDC, you know, with all these rules that they're coming out with is that they have a board of doctors. I don't know who the heck these doctors are, but they have a board of doctors that comes up with this stuff. And I don't know if maybe they've never treated pain before or what, but that's part of the, that's part of it.
1: Now it depends on what specialist you're talking about, because basically when you're dealing with, um, specialists that deal with psychological like psychiatrists. Right. They they are very clinically trained to know how drugs interact with each other. Mm-hmm. And and there you can't go to a general practitioner and get treated for that kind of ailment without because they don't have that education. So right. a lot of doctors they don't understand the what chronic pain can do to a person mm-hmm. you know and i'm not saying that i've done i've done the seven years of, of physical therapy i do the TINS unit i've done the meditation i'm doing a program right now where you meditate where you can rewire your synapses of your brain mm-hmm. you know to go around those pain centers that you develop over years and the, the amygdala part of the brain you know the fight or flight center of your brain right So I'm I'm doing I'm putting in the hard work. I'm putting I've been putting in the hard work for a long time, and yet you know I would still go in at times to a doctor that doesn't know me, and I would get treated like you know like scum of the earth, like I'm out there selling crack or fentanyl, right? When nothing could be further from the truth. So yeah, as you can see, I'm a little bit passionate about talking about this well i am too that really bothers me Charlotte. go ahead no i'll be quiet i (laughs) promise what really bothers me is that these elderly people you know and and people who are young i'm not just saying just the elderly but it breaks my heart like when they don't have family members that can advocate for them and they're by themselves Mm -hmm. and they're left in the bed dealing with pain because our right. doctor has to meet some mandate by the DEA,
0: right, right, that was
1: frivolously, you know, implemented.
0: I think the politicians and all this, because um, they, they don't know anything about pain either. They're going by whatever their so-called experts are telling them. I think what it was is that because of what was what's been coming over the border and all this, I think the politicians wanted to do something quickly to put a good show of it on that hey, we're you know we're dealing with this. But the problem was when they did it. Instead of separating people by categories, they turned around and put everybody under the same umbrella as the addicts. And for everybody that's listening and will be listening tonight, there are two types of pain pain patients. Well, two types of pain people, we'll say. Okay. There's the addicts and there's the people that are dependent. The dependent people are the ones like Karen and I who need this for, as one doctor told me a few years ago, quality of life. We can't get through our life without that pill because the pain is so intense. Like with me vacuuming the lawn, I'm vacuuming the lawn. My God, I'm losing it. With me vacuuming my carpet or doing my floors and working out my yard, you know, even mowing the lawn, that angle kills me. I remember life before real, I'm going to call real pain pills because I was on ibuprofen. And I remember how long it took me just to, uh, to do my kitchen. It would take three, four hours because I'd have to stand up at that angle and I'd have to sit down right away. And it was terrible i was up and down up and yeah. down trying to do the work once i got my you know once i started on the tramadol, which helped for a while you know and then moved up into the norco i can do everything like a normal person
1: your quality of life is so much better yeah now me personally i do agree with my doctor i am off opiates but not because of the stigma and not because but I do believe that in my situation, that is the route for me to go. Right. But like I said, that does not mean that I'm, I'm going to become an advocate for these people because mm-hmm. it, it's just, it's, it's horrid. This it's is- horrid. I hate to see what, what you're going through. Now, and, the, and then the experts will say, or people say, well, there's other things you can do like gabapentin. Are you kidding me? I can't take gabapentin. Gabapentin, I I hallucinated on gabapentin. Gabapentin is a a very horrible, strong drug.
0: Gabapentin has some weird side effects. It does
1: work. It does work for certain people with um, neuropathy and, you know, peripheral neuropathy and things things like that, neurological conditions. But for me, it didn't do anything for my, um, basically, my intestines are gutted out. And on top of that, I have a uh, rare congenital, congenital disease that I can't break down any sugar at all. Mm-hmm. So I have to do the sucrate with each meal. So and that that in itself causes a lot of pain too. So I've got a lot of double whammies.
0: The, but, the, um, the frightening part of gabapentin is that it's it's not a cure-all. Like, like they want it to be a cure-all. And Karen's right. It's mainly used for your nerve. So like a pinched nerve to take it or... If, if, you know, if, if it's neuropathy in your feet to take it, that kind of thing. The problem with gabapentin is there's side effects. Like with every drug, there's side effects. I have a very sharp mind. I've always had a sharp mind. I started taking the lowest dose of gabapentin when I was taking care of my mother because I had to be up. Because I knew gabapentin would knock me out. My friend Monica used to take the, the or 500 milligram gabapentin and she'd come over here and just sleep all day on my couch. Oh, yeah. And so when they offered me gabapentin, I said, I'm not going to be doing that. That's for sure. So the doctor was kind of irritated with me because I wouldn't take a large dose of it, like three times a day. Well, see,
1: that's the thing. It's a very, very strong and can be a very dangerous drug in itself. But why don't they treat that as cautiously as they do other
0: medications? Right, right, What happened with me with the gabapentin was that I didn't know this is a side effect. In fact, the side effects just started coming out the last year and a half with it. Is that it, it? It it does something to your brain. And I was having trouble thinking, literally thinking, to the point that I, I was so forgetful, it, it was ridiculous. And it was the gabapentin doing it. And then after I started complaining about it, then all of a sudden all this stuff starts starts cropping up online and everything, especially you know that that Facebook pain forum, you know the chronic pain forum over there about what people what, what's been happening to people's minds. It's like Swiss cheese on gabapentin have a has mm-hmm. issues and i've seen this also you know i, I i'm very cooperative I, I did the like the karen i did the physical therapy and they've done that I know, and i've been on the same dose of hydrocodone for 11 years i haven't asked for more i'm very careful no, you've never abused it no never. and i've known you for some no. years you've and when they call me it. in and this is the other insulting thing that i find insulting after going through all this and i have to take a, a urine test every month to prove that I'm not taking anything else. Okay. Uh, you know, I can deal with that. I haven't gotten, that,
1: that that I didn't have any problems with personally. It's like, okay, big deal.
0: Yeah. But I haven't got called in yet for a pill count, but that is something they do that that Mm -hmm. they that's on their list of stuff to do is that it's gotten to the point where they don't trust people uh, in chronic pain anymore. And you can get called in anytime for a pill count. That's, that's, that's right.
1: But what, really bothering me is the fact that
0: now you're on these government agency list. Right. Like oh yeah a friggin, excuse
1: me, criminal. We're yes. not criminals. Yeah. We're not criminals. The majority of people with chronic pain are not criminals. No. And then I heard one argument was, well there was this little eighty old lady with chronic pain, but she was out there selling her fentanyl out in the street. Well, come on.
0: Are you going to use that one case to justify all the means? Right, right. That's ludicrous. And then to go in and I have, I'm not going to say anything about my doctor because I don't want somebody listening to this and then I'm cut off. <laughs> I got I to gotta, I gotta walk a fine line here. But I'm just going to put it this way. I go in to see the doctor and it's like he's trying to sell me a used car when I go in. Oh, we got this uh, other medication. No, really. We got this other medication that's so wonderful for your pain. It's going to take all your pain away. I've had patients say they don't need their, their opioids anymore. I said, Well, what's in it? Well, it's just this, but there's no opioid in there. And I thought, Now, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. My opioid is doing just fine. How can you tell me yeah. that something that doesn't have that in there is going to take my pain away? Just like the other argument, and I know there's studies out there about how pain pills will t- pain pills cause more pain. The reality of it all is, and God bless the studies. Oh, the yeah. yeah, like I said, yeah. I am not a doctor. Karen's not a doctor. There is some truth to but it depends. Let's see, they're
1: categorizing all same patients right. in the same right. league, and they can't do that because if there is. There, in my case, that's true. Yeah, there is a boomerang effect, and. That's why I'm choosing not to go back on opiates because I don't want that boomerang effect. And I'm, I'm kind of like in the middle. I'm not really sure how it's working, but I don't want to go back on them. And that's where I'm at right now. But the boomerang effect, it, it depends on there's many types of pain. I mean, right. It depends on what part of your body is affected. Like you've got spinal.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, and when
1: you have pain, it all goes through the spinal cord up to the brain. Right. That's, that's and the issue constant. is. But, but if you have enteric pain like I do. Right. Or, you know, where the source of the pain is peripheral pain, neuropathy pain, it, you do treat it a little differently. Right.
0: Pain but.
1: Be, and the, and, the, and the, DEA, the guidelines are not allowing that to happen.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. They're
1: categorizing everybody, they're lumping everybody in as if they're out friggin' selling. Right, 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 right. <laughs> that's
0: how it feels. And getting back to that study real quick, I believe in studies. I have no problem with studies. I was a health beat reporter for four years, so yes. I know about this stuff. But anybody that's taken long-term medication, I don't care if it's a, if it's moxillin or penicillin, at some point your body gets used to that medication, and the medication will no longer do do what it's supposed to do. With pain okay, medication, it's just, it. Yeah. Okay, with pain medication, when the doctors will tell you, okay, it causes more pain for you. A lot of that also, you know, on the flip side of what Karen has said, a lot of that also is people like me that have been long-term on a particular pain medication. Suddenly, it's not working as well because you built up that tolerance. And that's when you want to have, that's when people ask for increases in their payments. Um, But
1: Charlotte, I know you. You've done all the different modalities. Yeah.
0: You know stimulation, uh, and all that. yeah, yeah, yeah. All the different diagnostic things that you've done, and it didn't work for you. No, and
1: I've seen you without your medication. Your your life, your quality of life is not good.
0: No, no,
1: it's not. And I personally, I'm not a doctor, but as a fr- good friend, I would say you need your medication.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. You know? And there's a lot of people out there like me. You know, it's not just me that this is happening to There's a lot of people out there just like me who are in the same boat and they're, they're not getting their meds. And I, I feel bad for them. I, you know, every time I go, I'm wondering if that's going to be the end, you know, if, they're, if we're going to walk in and they're going to go, well, sorry, we can't give you your, your meds anymore.
1: I know. And I'm even scared to ask about like uh, a lower scheduled medication. That's not an opiate. Right. But it's to the point. The doctors are even getting nervous
0: about describing those kind of scheduled yep. medications. Yeah, yeah, It's the sad. And it's sad. It's sad. And and you know nobody's listening. The politicians aren't listening. I mean, you could write Congress all you want, and they're gonna. All they see is a bunch of addicts. Well, that's another. Show. That's all <laughs> they see is a bunch of addicts, and it's sad. And like I said, Karen it and is I, very sad. Karen and I are not doctors. We're not trying to spread misinformation. That's what we're not here to do. Okay, I'm. We're just telling you about our our situations, and believe me, I'm not the only one, Karen's not the only one that's been through this, there's thousands and thousands of people across the United States not that are to going to through mention this. That, that, that I read a study,
1: I don't know how, um I don't know how, uh, what's the word, real it is, mm-hmm. valid it is, but suicide rate gone up Yes. a, a, a lot yep. with the chronic pain patients, Yep. quite a bit. I can't
0: give you the exact figure. Right, right, right. But it It has done it. The other thing is, I'm hearing a lot of reports, and I know your sister's online watching this too. I see see Kathy's in the chat room. Oh, hi, Kathy. But um, like I said, I'm not knocking the doctors or nurses. Their hands are tied. But I'm hearing reports from people who go in for major surgeries and they're being sent home with Tylenol. Yeah. To deal with that. I think I heard some of the ARNs telling me that when, when, if you go
1: in, like, if you have a broken arm, they won't give you Right. And opiate
0: um right.
1: a, a broken arms are really painful. They only give it if you have major surgery and then they cut you off at a certain point right. and say, Sorry Charlie, go right. home and deal with it. Right. And look at all these people that don't have medical insurance or don't have the means to justify the end as as far as getting good follow up care. Or that they don't have good advocates or they don't have um any family that can help them out what what do these people do
0: well yeah and there's horror stories that i've seen because it
1: used to be the doctors would be their advocate for this yes. And now yes. the doctors hands are tied the yes. clinicians hands are tied yes so everybody's just left in in the desert
0: right and like the pain form that uh, claudia morandi who she's, she's a very like I said, a very. I don't know. if The regular person wouldn't know who she is, but the people. Yeah, she's really yeah. good. and she's good, and she's out of Rhode Island, and she's had, she's she's had a lot of success in courts, you know, for the pain doctors that have been arrested and and trying to get the legislation through, you know, that she's an advocate, and it, it's just insane. And, and on her page, if you go through there, it's called the uh the No Pain Forum, I think on on Facebook, the Claudia Miranda. You can see the reports that are coming out of people like me who get up drag yourself out. in my pain clinic's um, in Folsom. I mean, I gotta go, like, like what is it, 25, 30 miles just to get pain pills. Right.
1: Yeah, we used to have to drive to the Bay Area. Yeah,
0: or everywhere. someplace like that, yeah. And so and that's long ways. the biggest fear you have is you go to your pain clinic and it's been shut down by the DEA. Because there's a lot of stories out there where people will go to their usual appointment, they're obeying the rules, they're doing what they're supposed to do, and there's a note on the door that says, sorry, you can't access this anymore. And, the, and there's no prescription for you to, to move on to somebody else or whatever. And that makes it bad, too. I mean, how, how would you like to go try and get your bed bed if Karen was doing it, you know, trying to get it over the phone and stuff when she was trying to get hers? Oh, it was a nightmare. Yeah. And
1: because because the system did not transition as well as they should put the time and energy into, like, a implementing a transitional period. Yes. With the doctors and right. clinicians and right. patients. Right. They should have had 15s whatever. They didn't. So what happened is that a lot of people went through withdrawals yes. the way I did. Yes.
0: Unfairly. Unfairly, yeah. Unfairly. I mean, how would you like it if you had say you had kidney something going on with your kidneys and you knew you needed to see a doctor for medication and then you go to like that doctor's my office.
1: Chris said that she's so surprised that I didn't have them make your seizure.
0: Oh yeah. Absolutely. I did
1: have a
0: seizure in the emergency
1: room. Yeah. It wasn't major, but I did have a seizure. Oh yeah. And there's people she was livid, livid. To
0: oh yeah. About what happened Absolutely. To me. And there's people like me, I have congestive heart failure. If they put me through withdrawals I could have a heart attack. Yeah, easily. You know, I mean that's what's bad. And it's not that they don't care, like parents says their hands are tied. So it's like yeah. I said, imagine you have kid- something wrong with your kidneys and you have did, when I was
1: in the emergency room. Yeah. You know? they couldn't give me anything nope nothing they
0: won't nope Nope. nothing nothing
1: i'm going through withdrawals and you know uh, uh there's there's a, there's other things that they can do to give you like to help you with your
0: withdrawals right 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 but
1: and i'm not going to name the no i'm not going to get into the name of the drug because then you get into arguments which one works better
0: right but they give you something sublingual or you know they can help you right but it, it it's it's not a cure it doesn't help you enough
1: where it it gets you from the risk of having a, a major seizure exactly and like the emergency doctor said i said "Yeah, know i'm embarrassed i don't really understand what's happening to me and i used you know i i went to school i'm a licensed nurse. Even though I, I'm disabled and I'm not practicing, right. I still keep up. What's going on here? She said, "It only takes you. You don't. You only have to be on one dose of an opiate, and if they cut you off, it doesn't really matter the intensity. It, if they cut you off
0: sharply, you can have just as bad a reaction. Yes, to a low dose. Yes. of an opiate as a high dose. Absolutely. Opiate. Absolutely. And that shocked me. I didn't know that. Yeah." Absolutely it scared me right you know but it's sad it's sad that like I said, the people that are going to their pain management appointments, some of them I know people uh, the, from that that that, that, that uh, help pain for them that are driving into other states to get their to get their pain pills and they go and it's all shut down mm-hmm. and they're lost there's hundreds of people at a clinic right and they're lost because they can't get anything. when Karen talks about the DEA um, watching you, this is something that that scared the hell out of me too. Was um, I used to get my prescriptions at Costco before my, my, my medical plan switched over, and I had to sign a form that went to the DEA, saying I was taking this this, this particular medication, okay, and they're forever watching. And I remember when I had to uh, when when I didn't have coverage anymore to, that, that would allow Costco, I had to switch pharmacies, and I remember going up to the pharmacist and. Um, Saying, "Well, am I going to have to fill something out? Because I mean, you always fill stuff out at the pharmacy, right?" And he looked at me and he went, "Oh no, I have you on record already." And this was a completely different chain, the Co- store chain than Costco. So the DEA is watching my doctor every month gets a record of when I pick up my pills. And he hit and he hit me with that. He says, "Here's here's for the last year of you going in to the pain, you know, to to pick up your pain pills." So they're watching us, and they're and I, you know, and like oh, I yeah. said, I get that there's addicts out there. I get that there's people that are selling it illegally. I get all that, but they're targeting the wrong people. They're tar- exactly. You know. and, okay, there was
1: there was a huge opioid crisis that needed to be addressed. Yeah, that, I agree with that one hundred percent. We had to do something. We have to do something
0: about it. Right.
1: But how they did, how they implemented it, and how they went about it was totally
0: wrong. Right. Right. Exactly. And just like with what I'm taking, it's getting harder to get my medication now because they've decided to cut back on the production of that medication. And then it's like, okay, what about all these pharmaceutical
1: companies yep. that make billions and billions of dollars formulating all these opiates? Can't, if, with all that brain power, can't they come up with something that's non-opiate that's just as strong
0: right. for pain center? Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, there's a lot of herbs out there. You know well, that people have it. used for years and they I've can put been them looking into medicinal uh, reading a lot of medicinal books right and learning about different herbs and things like
1: that but that too you have to be careful with and you you you, you can't just go to any shaman that, that puts a shaman um, label on the door you right. can't just trust anybody you gotta go with somebody that's had years and years and years of experience with this
0: and those people are hard to find too. I I titled this show on the wrong side of history. The reason why it's titled like that is again, I like I are going to keep saying this, we're not doctors, okay? We don't want to get in trouble or anything for what we're saying. <laughs> right. We're not doctors. <laughs> but right. I'll we're yeah. only talking from our experience. <laughs> yeah. But the wrong side of history means that I get what the what, what the federal what the feds are trying to do, I understand. Like Karen says I understand there's there's illegal stuff going on. But being on the wrong side of history is the, is that it's a historic thing that they're cracking down, you know, and they're not getting these drugs moved through. But the problem is they're on the wrong side of history because it's hurting a lot of people. It's America. causing a lot of pain. It's causing deaths. It's causing stuff. And this is stuff that doesn't come out. It's causing more mental yes. disorders. It's
1: yes. becoming worse. Yes. Like I said, going through what I did with my sister really um, heightened my
0: sensitivity for. Um, stigma related to mental illness and when when I
1: hear and when I see what's going on in that community where people can't even get those kind of medications to treat their mental illness properly because the DEA is cracking down on those medications even though they're prescribed by people that have have, you know uh, tight specialty degrees with a lot of experience it doesn't matter it's like you're in the same you're just thrown in the same categories. You
0: know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You went
1: to a, a, a GP
0: that doesn't know anything about psychosis. Right. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's, a double edged sword for everybody. You know, like I said, I get what the, I get what the, the Congress and all that wants to do, you know, with this and then to crack it down, but I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. I mean, are they yeah. not listening to the I, advocates? the part that I need
1: to study and research more is that, um, political part of all of it but right. personally i am so sick and tired of political crap on tv right now that's one of the reasons why i just kind of like left it alone eventually i'll do it but work like your friend i commend your uh the,
0: the woman yeah claudia yeah claudia hey. she's fantastic
1: for going she's sir. put a lot of good research work into what she's doing god bless her for what she's doing too and the, me, I just can't go there right now. Dealing with my pain right now, and adapting to it every day, I just, I just feel like getting involved with what the government is just putting mm-hmm. more negativity into my brain right, right now.
0: Right, right. And Especially you know what? Especially with our climate right now. The sad the thing about this is, is like with my pain levels, I'm not totally a ten. I'm never, I'm never not in pain, but I'm okay no. with that. It, it, it no, keeps. A life is good me yeah, it keeps me functioning. Yeah, yeah, I I can have a somewhat normal life on the level I'm at. I'm happy. I don't want to get an increase in pills. I don't want anything. I'm good, you know. But for the people that really really need it, that's what's you sad. Yeah, you just want to function. You yeah, you just want to function. Have better quality of life. It's not a question of skipping down the yellow brick road or anything. Once, once you take these things, it's it's a way to function and keep you functioning in life, so you can be productive. Yeah.
1: I just hope I'm doing the right thing because I'm still down three, four hours a day with the ice cube on my abdomen and, and Sad. doing, um, you know, 10 machines and doing all these different things, massages and doing my deep meditation. Mm-hmm. And I just hope I'm, I'm going the right direction, but,
0: um, no one,
1: it's hard to say. It's hard to say.
0: No um, one should have to live with pain. No. This is why these drugs were created. They were created to get to get people high you know, you guys know what I mean out there radiolent. Uh, over the counter yeah. medication. Yeah. It does
1: take the edge off for me.
0: Right.
1: It doesn't take my pain totally down, but it does take the edge off right for me.
0: But that's the thing, is that like I said, there's so many people like Karen who have had the pain medication taken you know, essentially taken away from them and they're in tremendous pain they can't function especially like like okay
1: because my pain source comes from different sources one was from my bad surgery and the other one comes from my uh c the the lack of enzyme to to break anything down so when i don't take enough of that enzyme my i just go in horrible horrible spasms
0: sure sure I have multiple stuff going on. I mean, I've got, I I've too. got the pain from my spine. I've got nerve pain Yeah. and there's not one pill that'll treat all. So, I mean, I either, no. I either get the pain treated, which I do. And then I put it up with the nerve, with the nerve stuff. I mean, I'll even... they, they, they can't describe them both together anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, that's it, but at least I'm able to live my life and I hope I keep, I mean, I'm able to still access them every, like I say, every month that I go in, my pain management doctor and i wonder if i'm going to be prescribed or not you know it's it's frightening and it shouldn't be that way it just should not be and you're a good advocate for yourself charlotte yeah you're articulate you're a really good advocate for yourself but a lot of people aren't
1: as good right um like like you've been a journalist for many years and you you kind of know the what to say and the thing is that you're doing everything 100 percent on board you're not yeah. taking advantage yep or give, give them the slip <laughs> you know
0: but, but karen was a perfect example of, of what happens they cut people oh, off they don't let so them know they cut so them horrible. off and they go oh through withdrawals God. and i was so angry over that just just so angry oh my God. and oh. it's but, you know, it's not isolated, guys. I'm just trying to tell you. I'm not trying to whine about this. It's not an isolated problem to this area or whatever. It's all over the U.S. It's all oh, over. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's nationwide. Yes, nationwide. What's been going on with people. So, I mean, we just wanted to come on here and talk about it, to, you know, to tell our stories because there's so yeah. many There's so many stories like us. And there's worse stories. There's worse stuff. Oh, yes. You know, if you go on Facebook, Google, Google Claudia Miranda. She does a podcast every week. I think it's every week. And she talks, yeah, and she talks to different doctors, you know, she talks to politicians and she talks to to people that are currently going through this mess. Because word has to be out no matter what, because people don't. And the other thing, people, you know, even even the public, with the way the press has played this has been wrong, too, because the public believes that that we are all addicts, that there's no difference between between them. That's how they portray us. And we're not. We're not all addicts. All right. There's a big, diff- like
1: you said, there's a big difference between being dependent
0: and being addicted. right, right. And when I have a pain management guy tell me, and that was about three years ago, before I had i had to switch to the current people I'm with, to have him sit down and say, "Oh, the stuff you're taking isn't any worse than anybody else, but you need it for quality of life." And I said, "Yeah, I do. That's what it boils down to." And it's just and that's uh, how it used to
1: be, but now that
0: quality of life is getting out of the picture. And right. that's what's wrong. Yeah, that's what's wrong. And they they keep coming out with new guidelines. I don't know if they think they're fixing it, but every time they come up with new guidelines, it gets worse.
1: The pendulum has swung way too far the other
0: way. Yeah, yeah.
1: It needs to come back central.
0: And that's why this needs to come out more. Um, you know, I've heard it, I'm not gonna say what radio show, but you know it surprised me a couple a few months ago because a certain conservative radio show is realizing what's going on with this industry. And they've had a couple shows on talking, doing the same kind of thing we're doing right now, talking about this crisis mm-hmm. and in the way that we're talking about it, not that, oh yeah, they're all drug users out there and blah, blah, blah. they're starting to realize this, that something's gone wrong with the way they're, go- with, the, with the way they're governing the, the, the pain clinics and stuff. Yes. Yes.
1: You know? And you know what? It's, it's, it's really, it's hardest on the patient, but it's really hard on the doctor. Yeah. And it erodes the system. It breaks down the trust between doctor and patients. Yep. Yep. It you know, it, I gave my trust back to my doctor, but for that week I went through this, I was mad.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but then I, I stepped back and I thought about it cognitively. It's not the doctor's fault, really. No,
0: their hands are tied. And it's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate.
1: I couldn't really blame my doctor. But it was funny because when I went in, he's, he just like went from night and day. And so, Karen, I think we should try a different modality. Try this." I said, doctor, why didn't you call me back or tell me this a few weeks ago? Mm-hmm. I said, cut the crap. I know what's going on. And then he laughed and then he he cut the, cut the crap and he was straightforward with me. what What's really going
0: on? I think they feel bad. I think they truthfully feel bad. Not all the doctors, but I think you know there's a nice there's a nice bunch of doctors that get what's going on with their patients and then they feel bad about it. Because mine
1: but yeah, they have to stay really professional and that's gonna be really hard for them to be in
0: that role. Right. Exactly. You know, they're just going by what the CDC wants and what the feds want. I mean that, that's what they do. That's the what, nurses, what, yeah, that's yeah. what that's what the CDC there. The CDC's there to guide. That's what the CDC does. But unfortunately, you know, it's just it's just frightening for them. And I know Claudia just was I don't know if she was involved in the case, but there was a there was like a 70 year old doctor that was arrested oh my and convicted over this Are you kidding me? for what they claim was over prescribing and whatnot. You know, and I think he finally got out. I think there was enough, you know, enough people went went up to do his Do you know end. what the charge was? I don't remember, but it had to do with, with his distribution of, of, of payments. He was a, uh, like an old-timey doctor. Uh-huh. And so he got taken in over that. And then they shut his clinic down. Everything, got, you know, it was a big mess.
1: Oh, yeah. I was told that um, my pharmacy... That a couple pharmacies around us, good ones, were shut down.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: They just came in and shut them down and left all these people high and dry without their medication.
0: Yep. They don't care. Yep. They don't care. They're doing it to clinics, too. And if you guys don't believe. If you guys don't believe what. So the patients suffer. Yeah. Yep. And if you guys don't believe what what Karen and I are saying, go to that Don't Punish Pain form on Facebook. Go go see, go see what's going on with people. There's report after report after report after report. I don't understand why they don't talk about this on the news.
1: They talk about a lot of things that uh, these narcissistic politicians want to talk about themselves all day long. But God forbid if they want to talk about how to help us.
0: Yeah. In this realm, they don't hear about this being talked about on the news. No, and it needs to be brought out more. Like I said, I'm real impressed because that that particular radio. You know show has been talking about this and I really, I'm was surprised because when I saw that they were going to have guests talking about this I thought oh God here we go again but I was really impressed and I think more more radio shows need to take this on it has to get out there the public has to come for you know people have to come forth and talk about this more and get it out into the media of what's going on and even children mm-hmm. children
1: going in who have um you know, broken body parts, bones. Yes. That's very traumatic and painful for a child. They, they're not even allowed to give a child any pain medication. Right. Even the paramedics. I was reading an article about the paramedics. You know, what the doctor orders are the standard of care. They can't even
0: give it out like the way they used to. No, they can't. They can't. So it's sad. It's really sad. And Karen's going through it right now with, you know, figure, like she says, with ice packs and trying to figure out ways to to dull the pain that, that she's in. She's in pain every night. And I know it because I talk to her every night. I mean, since yeah, this happened, Yeah, Karen's in pain every night. I can't hide anything from you. No, and it shouldn't have to be that way. But but she has to live in pain every every night because she's not on meds anymore. Yeah. But there's so many out there. There's so many people out there like, like Karen and I that it, it's just awful. And I and I thank God for people like Claudia or Randy who are out fighting for us because we need somebody out fighting for us, and we need to. Do- and
1: what we really need is some kind of like uh, lobbying. Yes. I know I'm a pipe dreamer, but there's got to be something with all the knowledge and 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 medical research. Why can't they come up with a medication that's non-opiate based yep. Yep. that can be just as strong to target? neuropathy pain that's not
0: gabapentin
1: or it's like it all comes down to money
0: yes yes a lot
1: of this is money driven and, and and again we're the ones that suffer because of it
0: right exactly exactly
1: it's all political a lot of it is political
0: i've been wanting to do a show like this for a while It's been something that's been on my mind for the last couple of years. I'm glad we got to do it because
1: I am too, Charlotte. Thank you for giving giving me the opportunity.
0: Oh, absolutely. Share my story. I appreciate it. People need to be aware of what's going on because they don't. I mean, you could talk to someone on the street and it just depends who you talk to, but the attitude against pain patients is horrible because they've been, people have been fed with with whatever the misinformation that's being doled out. And I've run into this talking just to, you know, just. Uh, you know, because you, you have conversations with people about stuff when you're at the pharmacy. There has to be a smoother
1: transition. Yeah, there's so with nothing the there, and, and with there's no the little... government agencies having that communication with the with the clinicians. Yeah. yeah. And the healthcare systems. Yep. I know that's a big joke.
0: Yeah, but and like I said, even the general public. Argue, right? Yeah. Even the general public is against this. Because they think well, we're all addicts. I mean that's the attitude. They don't understand why we have to do Oh yeah. And we're
1: we're the lucky ones that have good insurance. Yeah. What about the ones that um are immigrants or the ones that are hard working Americans that don't have good health insurance? They on top of not being able to get what they need to resolve their logistics, you know, their pain issues they're getting treated even worse than we are.
0: Yes, absolutely. So this has to come out and that's why Karen the finger and I
1: keeps getting pointed down farther down the
0: line. Yes, exactly.
1: It's become a social problem.
0: Right, exactly. And I, the
1: rich, the super 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 rich can still get it.
0: Right, exactly. Exactly. So anyway, I wanted to do this show and I wanted to bring it out because after what happened to Karen, you know, I I've, I've been wanting to get like I said i I've wanted to do this for a long time because it has to be done. And again, I don't blame my like Karen. I don't blame the doctors. I don't blame the nurses. I no, blame I, I, I don't either. Karen. I blame the federal government for all this. And, and and there's people in our government
1: that are. I have to give a shout out. There are people in our government that are really trying hard. Yes. It's not all government's not all bad. There's people that are really really trying hard for us. There's just not enough.
0: Mm-hmm. It's just not enough. But this is what's going on with people, guys. I wanted you guys to know this, you know. And uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. Okay. Yeah, we're good. We're good. We did Okay, talk to you later. <laughs> Thank right. you. Okay, bye. bye. Thank you. Bye. Anyway, again, you know, I'm not a doctor. Karen's not a doctor, but I mean, this is what's really going on in the real world, and if people don't like it. I, I, just, I don't know what else to say, you know. But this is going on. You know, it's only on the hospitals. I remember I was at Kaiser because for an issue just recently, and I remember there's a guy, and you know, they have seekers people that actually go into the emergency rooms, and and they're looking for pain pills. For, from the from the er's and stuff i understand that too but i remember overhearing a er doctor er nurse say i'm sorry we don't give those out anymore we don't do that and who knows if this guy was going through withdrawals or if he was like me and you know really needs the stuff and maybe it hit on the wrong weekend or something but you know it's it's just it's just it's so convoluted now with what has happened and something needs to be done. I don't know, you know, I don't have the power the only power I have is to be here on doing this show and get this out to 3 4 5,000 people to listen to and maybe raise awareness that way. When I got into this gig, or when I got in, when I started out as a journalist cuz I had other plans in my life. When I started out as a journalist, I thought, "Wow, it, this is a way for me to do some good in the world, to cover some stories, to do some good in the world." And if I do that then I've accomplished a lot. And I did do a lot of that during my tenure when when I was actually out in the field working. If I could do some good with this radio show with something like this or you know even the paranormal stuff to help somebody, I've I've done my job. And that makes me feel good to do that. So that's all we're here for is to inform, to inform you, the audience, about what's going on. And uh I think we did pretty good tonight. Leave, leave me some comments about the discussion. Let let me know how you think we did um you know there's comments on youtube there's comments on face uh, you know if this is running on facebook i want to know how what you guys think of this let's put this together and figure out stuff you know and you know like i I always say if you like the show you share it with five people spread the news to your friends if you hated the show share it with five of your enemies you know because it's uh, it's all it is is getting the word out about the show especially this topic that's what we want to do is we want to spread the word that that the things aren't all as they seem you know, with, with with this crisis, because it isn't all what people think it is. You know, it's not as cut and dry as, as, as the government wants you to believe. It's not. It's hurting people. It's hurting a lot of people that need it. Okay? All right. That being said, tomorrow is Friday. It's Nancy Matt's Friday, and we're going to be talking about some really cool stuff. And uh, I can't remember what we're talking about. <laughs> I forgot to write it down. I apologize. But we're going to be talking, you know, we're going to have a nice long talk. So just just check out the teaser for it. Um, I've been off for three days. It's been kind of nice. I'm glad to be back. And uh, it feels good. I did, I had to get a breather. So that, that was nice. But I'm glad to be back and, and be talking with you guys. I am teaching a class on uh, protection. And that will be Saturday, May 6th at 7 p.m. Pacific. And if you guys are interested in that, I'm going to be going over how to protect your home, yourselves, your pets. You know, that's a big fear of mine when I go out ghost hunting if uh, something's either going to follow me home or get home ahead of me and do something to my dogs or and my cats and whatnot and hurt my animals. So, uh, yeah, so it's a way to learn how to do that. But I'm not going to stop there. I'm going to really go in debt on protection and, and what people can look for, and th- you know, for protection-wise and stuff. I'm really going to dig into that. So if you want to sign up for that, head over to the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team Meetup. It's free to sign up, you know, and then you just have to, you know, and just locate the class and, and go from there with it. We also have a Patreon page that I'm trying to build membership up on. Um, any uh, pre-recorded uh, interview that we do, I will put that up two weeks ahead of time so you guys can get an early review of it. And then we're going to start having guests come in there starting in May to do extra shows uh, to where you guys can go on and maybe you didn't get a chance to ask them a question or, or, you know, a question you wanted and get answered or whatever you can go on there on a one-on-one and talk to them for like an hour. You know, and, and, and get to know them better and get your questions answered. So check out the California Haunts uh, page, Patreon page as well. Okay? Okay. So follow me on Facebook. Follow California Haunts on Facebook. Follow me over on Instagram. I'm Gal, all lowercase. Uh, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Try to build those numbers up. Up, 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 up. Everything's going up. And uh, okay. I will see you guys tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Okay? You guys have a great evening and away we go.